I agree. Well, again, hello and welcome to everybody live here uh, on Ponytails podcast episode 4344. Um, we've been a little dormant this summer. Um, so thank you, Dave, for kind of capping off uh, what's been a really fun project for us. Um, this is basically like our big finale where Dave Rosen, um, located now in Chicago, Illinois, uh, was famous for breaking the Southwestern company record for selling books in a summer uh, back in 1989, his fourth summer. Uh, he was the number one first year, uh, some summers before that, selling out of USF, South Florida there. And is that Tampa or is that St. Petersburg? Where, yeah, uh, it's beautiful part of the country where um, he made a name for himself and rose up into 10 years of being a sales leader in the company. Um, he was the first person in company history to average more for a summer. Um, so he's, he's figured out how to fine tune systems and really put discipline focus into action and help other people do that. Um, it's really, really awesome that you're here with us today. We're really excited to dig into your story, both within the Southwestern context and, and beyond. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. Uh, welcome, Dave. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I, I look forward to this very much. <laughs> it's great to have you, awesome. man. Oh, man. <laughs> so, Andres, you want to take away with the first question? Let's do it. So, Dave, first of all, again, on my end, thank you so much for being on. And uh, yeah, yeah, you're a legend, man. I mean, there's people who were telling that this was going to happen that didn't know who you were. So that's pretty awesome to have you. Um, I guess with everyone, we always kind of start out with like, how, how did you even end up selling books? Like, who's Dave Rosen that first year that in college just sitting there? And how did it happen? How did you even hear about Southwestern? I think like it's probably similar to a lot of other folks' stories. Uh, I was at USF. I came out of an anthropology class, mm-hmm. and there was a, a flyer, makes $670 a week, and I was so broke I couldn't pay attention, and I, I needed a job, <laughs> uh, period. So that was good money to me, sounded good to me. I didn't even read what it was about. It said, I think it said run your own business. And... Uh, <laughs> I showed up uh, at the interview and I think I signed up, you know, halfway through. I was, I was a lay down. Uh, I liked liked it very much. And, um, you know, I had a girlfriend, we had just moved to Florida and then I got to tell her that I was going to (laughs) leave, but uh, it all went well. I paid rent and and then some and came back with a big check. It was a, it was the right thing to do. But that first experience was I needed a job. I was paying for my own school. Uh, I, I had no savings and uh, I needed to work and uh, this seemed like a great opportunity. Whoa. Very cool. Uh, very cool. Pretty awesome. And I mean, you said you, had, you brought a big check. So you're obviously the number one first year. And like, at what point did you know, okay, I'm coming back for more? Right? Was that, was that right away or did they have to like, convince oh, I, I would still pick up a sample case today. You know, I, I wasn't, yeah. I, I, I was one of those that I did it for 10 years. You know, if they had, they kicked me out, I think I, 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 um, I, I would still be selling books. You know, (laughs) it was incredibly beneficial to me. I got to learn a lot about myself, but, you know, I had 30,000 sales presentations before I entered the workforce. Oh, yeah. Uh, Where where was that first summer, by the way? Just because I'm curious about uh, how that whole journey went. We lived in Geneseo, New York. Oh, my gosh. That was my first summer. (laughs) Well, there you have it. So you ran into my books. Uh, <laughs> nice. But, but uh, I Full sold circle. in Attica, Dansville, uh, that whole upstate New York area. I sold beautiful. in Wellsville. My first yeah, beautiful. In that area, cool. Ithaca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. 
That's awesome. Yeah, no, sold, sold up state, but not that part of the, the state. It's pretty so, awesome. So that first so, summer was pretty. So, so yeah, you, knew you wanted to come back. I was going to say, you're like, I got to do this. Again. Yeah. You know, I didn't learn enough. You know, yeah. you, what you, what you learn enough, what you learn a lot about yourself at this. And I, I realized I had some, well, what, we got to avoid that. Right. Uh, sorry, did you guys, <laughs> did you see that interruption? Or, in a, oh, oh, what was that? Oh, good. Yep. I had someone just call in, uh, you know, it was a bill collector. Um, oh, okay. Go back. I lost my train of thought. No, when you, when, like you said that, well, did you know right away you wanted to come back? I mean, oh, said, oh, oh. Yeah. yes. Again, you learn a lot about yourself. And I learned that, you know, I needed to work on myself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I learned, um, I mean, I, I have a super muscle and it's, it's a uh, self-discipline and I developed yeah. it over, over 10 years at, at Southwestern. And it is, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a video gamer and, uh, nice. there's, there's a lot of surgeons, uh, out there that say that they would not be half the surgeon they were if they weren't gamers when they were kids. And there are, there are psychologists and studies that say that there are some things you can't teach a kid. This teaches them persistence more than anything. In other words, my kids will quit. Anything gets, gets hard. But no, for a thousand times in a row, for 12 hours, they'll try to climb over that bridge or shoot that person. And so uh, video games may be the only way you can train this type of persistence into a kid. Maybe. <laughs> now, I'm not here to pitch video games, but I am here to pitch selling books. Nice. Because I, don't, I think that th there may be only one way to teach this type of persistence uh, person of your word. Uh, all you have is, is what you say and how you act. Uh, mm. There used to be many other ways. When I was around, there was, you know, the Cutco knives, but, but they practiced yeah. on, on their friends and family and still do. Right. Not, not strangers, but there was uh, Britannica, there was uh, a Kirby yeah. vacuum cleaner. And, and, uh, and, and there was Fuller Brush. You might have heard of some of these. And, and there was a, a, a photo company, Olin Mills, that uh, started uh, door to door. So uh, I, I think that this direct selling and all of the training that it takes to get through it, be successful at it, uh, oh, is, yeah. a, is a unique uh, training uh, uh, and, and probably the only way we can get it. Well, it's interesting, yeah. Dave, because it's not just the act of doing the door to door because um, I'm in door to door solar sales right now. And there's plenty of opportunities there and with alarms and everything with that. It's the sheer amount of hours that you put in as a book person. And I listened to a little bit of your advanced sales before uh, we got onto the episode today. But uh, I, you, you specifically talked about how it's your schedule. You know, your student manager, Mike Keeling, he would always say, what's the mo most important thing? Your schedule, right? Okay, we'll meet next week and we'll talk about your most important thing. And you're saying 86 hours a week is what you'd yeah, put in on doors. Well, and, you know, when I was young, and it's why young people fight our wars, it, I was ready to learn and I didn't have any experience, but I needed the money. Like I, I had made this decision. I, I couldn't, not, couldn't not work. So I really gave myself to all of the success principles that were being taught. Yeah. And I, I, they told me 80 hours a week, I better just do a little bit better than that. They told me, you know, yeah. demos, they told, so I, I was blind and in a good way and I went for it. And I remember my first week I, I quit early on, on Saturday and, and I came home and it was light out still. And I thought I had just committed the ultimate sin on earth. 
And, and uh, my student manager came home, Mike Tien. I said, Mike, I've, I've got to talk to you, man. I got to talk to you. And I'm like, I, I quit a couple hours early. He's like, oh, man, don't worry about it. You know, it's, it's, uh, you'll get it back next week or something. Just kind of let it roll off. And I said, I don't think I did very well either. And, and he goes, well, how'd you, how'd you do? And I said, oh, I did uh, 212 units. And um, he said, oh, well, that's okay. And, on Saturday? Uh, on Saturday? No, was, yeah. Uh, okay. No, this was total for the week. Oh, for the week. Okay, but but like, still, okay. still, he's like, yeah, okay, that's pretty okay. Good. But he didn't let me yes. know it was great. You know, he was he was a perfect. He knew it was good. He went course. back and went, oh my god, that's good. <laughs> but but, but uh, you know, uh, he was an excellent manager in in uh, managing yeah. me. Uh, uh, but but not too hard on me. And again, it, it, when you're a roommate with a first year, that had to be so difficult. Um, and then I really started selling books. Uh, so Ooh, yeah. so yeah. Being on schedule. Well, so that was you know, I, I say that schedule, you know, schedule is, is it for me still, even to this day, when I want to do something, first, I set up the schedule. Of course. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I set my goals. What am I, what do I want to do? It, it's not sustainable, right? You, these schedules, uh, you need to have breaks. That's the thing about, I couldn't sell books. Right. <laughs> all year round. So I had to come up with a way to do sustainable work 12 months out of the year. Uh, using the same principle, but 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 we're not always as we're not always super busy all year round. So I have certain right. flex points in the year, certain busy times when I have to do things where I can't fail again. So what do I do? Dust it off. I set up a schedule. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's how I'm going to accomplish it. Here's the time. And then again, I go to my super muscle and I get that self discipline yeah. kicking. You know, I I, uh, I I don't compromise. And, and uh, so when I set out, I just do it and I don't think about it. And that's what they, they taught me. I, I said right. it, I said I was going to do it. I go do it. I don't yeah. worry too much about it uh, in between. Wow. So that's really awesome to, to hear because I, I think of you going through the process of being the number one first year. I'm sure you grew a little bit your second and third summers at least, right? Oh, and sure. that fourth summer. Uh, um, how did that fourth summer kind of progress into what it was and um, kind of tell us this. I, sure. I know it like had other summers after that, that kind of blur everything together, but that was a special summer, wasn't it? It, it certainly was. And, and uh, you know, it all, and where was it? it? It was in Hannibal, Missouri during a drought. Hannibal, Missouri. Oh, during a drought. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was uh, kind of all, all, all. And, and I had one awesome roommate, Pat O'Segan, who it was, cool. he was a very experienced guy. And uh, so we had two experienced people uh, uh, living in a headquarters. Um, what was different? It, it wasn't, it, it, I built on each summer and you know, these things you need to learn. That's why you have to sell many summers for those of you that are listening. Yeah. Um, you, you have to uh, sell many summers because you have to bring a girlfriend out on the book field and learn that mistake. <laughs> You know, I, I brought a, I brought a, uh, I brought a, a 110 pound German shepherd out on the book field and, and that was a mistake. And, yeah. and so, you know, these kinds of things and, and then turf, the way you work turf and the way, you know, I have no sense of direction. We didn't have GPS. I couldn't mark deliveries. So I had to figure out really how to cash out everybody. Yeah. And, and I had, cause I didn't want three weeks of deliveries and I couldn't find them if I had them. So, right. which means I had to stay ahead of my, my uh, inventory. And that's one of the things to this day in my current company and business, inventory control is something I'm mm -hmm. a freak about and, and always have been. So I can't sell the books if I don't have them. So, right. 
so all of those things after a few summers, I, I really got good at. I got, I get my, my number one skill is avoiding non-prospects to this day. And I, it, yeah. keeps, it, it keeps everybody positive. Uh, mm. if, if I can get in and out of the conversation quickly with respect, uh, knowing that you didn't want to talk to me anyway <laughs> right. uh, and move on, then you're happy I stopped by. You're also happy I was brief. And, and I get to go spend my time with someone who wants to talk to me. Right. Yeah. And, Keep and it happy. It, it, it kept my whole attitude correct. It also put me in control where I just right. decided who I spoke to. Now, I didn't, you know, if someone was negative, I, I'd still show the books. Maybe I'm wrong. But I wouldn't go in the house. Demo in. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't go in the yeah. house. And, and uh, you know, at the height of my career, I was closing one out of every 1.2. Sit downs or yeah. demos or what? Yes. <laughs> Dang, but but I wouldn't sit down okay. unless I knew they were going to buy. So it was a, yeah, you know, it was a meeting. It was a meeting at the door. And I became really good at, at whether they, at whether I should go in or not. And again, so if I wasn't sure, I'd sell the books at the door and oftentimes sell yeah. them at the door. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you know, I, I wrote down a couple of things just just out of that. But but yeah. moving moving from there to the the summer that the stars lined up and the seas parted sure, and yeah. no one said no. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I needed to learn you know a few things, and I I like all those phrases. All those phrases that we're still repeating today were back in 1868. They were repeating the same darn phrases, right? Right. I want to win. <laughs> I still say yeah. I want to win. To this day, all my kids say, I want to win. They all go, win what? Everything. I want to win. <laughs> but, but the, you know, I've added a few things in my days, and I, I have a few sayings that I come up with, but I, I like one that the, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Mm. Yeah. And so I, the schedule that, that I would set up was just Southwestern schedule. I'd get up, I'd do uh, push-ups and sit-ups I'd, I'd ha take a cold shower i'd be at my breakfast place by seven i'd do the bookman song i'd be at my first door yeah. by, by by eight and i i took it religiously like i would fail if i didn't and all of a sudden it right. became it became a schedule just like i, I run now every other day and I, I haven't missed that for years so you know i'm afraid if i do <laughs> you know i'll never run again so, right. so uh, you know, these, these types of schedules, again, some are sustainable, some aren't. My running right. schedule is. I run every other day. So far, so good. Um, uh, that's mostly, uh, you know, I, I'm not a great manager. Uh, I wanted to touch on it because a lot of Southwestern and the real work is going and recruiting and managing. And without my great manager, I, I wouldn't have developed into the person or, or the salesperson that I am. But I wasn't good at, you know, I, I want to say I was the pure, like I, I, I had to close and I, I yeah. wanted to get out there and I wanted to create that probability chart where I'm hitting one out of six at first, then one out of every one. I was into that. Yeah. And yeah. If, I had someone, if I had someone following me, it ruins your style a little that? bit, right? No. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I still did it because Southwestern <laughs> makes you do it. Of but, course, cold card. But, but if you're yeah. going for a company record and you're, you're, you're locked into things, you think if I wear the wrong T-shirt, I'm going to miss. What's right. this person that's following you know, me going to do? Yeah. Um, so so uh, I, I'm a, but I still did it. And so getting a, the long answer to your question, how do you set the company record? When is that breakout moment for right. you know, anyone? 
and you don't have very many years. Most people only sell four years. So, you know, I always, I always like to say, how good am I? And each summer I could point out a lot of things I could have done better. I, I had scheduled them, but there were a lot of things that I could have done better. I spent too much time in the house. I didn't show enough packages. I, 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 I got stuck. I, I got stuck, you know, here and there. And I knew that I just got into a bad habits. So I stripped everything down on, 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 uh, in, in 89 and we had a solid roommate. We had great turf. Um, and we had plenty of it. One of the very disruptive things was when you run out of turf and you have to move. Right. So we had enough summer. We had enough for the whole summer. I had my roommate picked. I was, uh, we were a good far away from the Sunday meeting where there weren't a lot of books in the turf. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so we were a good four hours away from any central place. So we, we, I had the opportunity to say, hi, my Refresh. name is, and they didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, right. <laughs> So that was super special. Uh, and then kind of made these commitments that I'm going to go out there and you know, strip down to basics and uh, boom, hitting, hitting all of that, hitting the three summers of experience, uh, having schedule down, never breaking, uh, learning to avoid non-prospects, uh, uh, stick and move. You know, I, 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 I've said it then and I'll say it now that I, I had a little watch. And I said, you know, I find most people are not, uh, are real friendly as long as they don't take much of their time. I said that at the door, let me start that real quick. Yeah. And 10 minutes later, it, it goes off Damn. and I stand oh, up Gotta go. <laughs> and they say, no, 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 no. Hold on. Love <laughs> it, kept, it, kept, it kept my mind right. And, uh, and I said, oh, no, no, I'll turn it off. Okay. Okay. I'll stay. Um, and, 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 uh, you know, all of a sudden I'm going through it, but I was respectful of their time at all the time. Yeah, and I had to move. We're selling $200 set of books. That was back you know, when books were cheap, um, but, but, we were, but we had to sell a lot of them to get to the numbers I, I needed to hit. Of course. So, so how many units all, was it? That, well, it was, it was 14,000 units, 13, six or, or something like yeah, that. Sure, but, sure. but um, you know, to, to, the record was Michelle Maloney's and, and right. I, yep. I just had to, you know, that was my aim. And uh, I met with Zizzy before, uh, in sales school at the top of that building where we go to right. president's club right. and kind of made a commitment and, and uh, we challenged each other and wow, it was a thing. Uh, yeah. You know, over those summers, I learned to make the book stick. Okay. And so when you're a great salesperson, you can close anybody. Right. But that, but that writer rescission. Cancellations. Yep. <laughs> And, and uh, it, it, as it turns out, later on in life, that matters too. When you take a commitment from somebody, you know, you're, if your commitments and your collections are out of whack and you have a, a deep discrepancy, um, your spreadsheet doesn't add up. Right. Nope. Uh, uh, so um, what, what, what was my point? You said that you made the book stick. So like you're ready oh, to oh, oh, yeah. So, so in past, I, I had a lot of cancellations. Of and, and I knew we going closing into everybody, right? And I knew going into the into this summer that I had to make them stick. And and Zizzy wrote up more books than I did. And mine mm. stuck. And mine stuck. There and, you go. And and I was really, really careful with, you know, almost making them beg me to show them <laughs> at, at that point, saying, you know, Mary, I, I know, I know how it works in my house. You know, my mom makes these decisions about this stuff, but if Jim comes home, 
you know, what happens when he says you had a book man here and you bought books and, you know, what, what are you going to do with them? And uh, she goes, and if they gave me and like, well, you, that, you might have something there. <laughs> I, I would say, okay, you know, let me come back. And uh, I was super organized with my pre-approach and I would leave. And uh, I would walk out of that house in a minute and, and move on because I got burned so many times with that. But, they, she, it, but if they looked at me and said, he doesn't even know what I bought. Well, sure. then I pull out the books uh, and you still, you still, you still, um, you still are fooled. They promise that they can make all the decisions. You still have to answer objections. You still have to do all that. But I was, te- I was a technical salesperson. I, I just read the books. I learned what the, I, I re- memorized the sales talks. I learned the cycle of the sale. I learned why we went through the cycle of the sale. I still teach this today in a different way, but, uh, I always knew where I was in the cycle of the sale. (laughs) And and so I I was super technical. And then after lots of practice, call it four summers, then it became natural. And, and so when I hit this great turf with this positive roommate um, with, with all of these things I wanted to work on with myself, with great cash outs, with showing more packages, with uh, targeting younger families, with being super organized on my pre-approach. So from 9 a.m. till 5 a.m., I really found out who the double income workers were, uh, where, when they were home, and and, yeah. and I tar- and I went after those young kids so I could sell big, big packages, and I just stuck to the plan. You know, I still am a fan of the saying, "Plan your work and work your plan." Yeah. So mm-hmm. so so that you know it wasn't it was you know uh, experience met opportunity in Hannibal, Missouri, and there you uh, go. and I was able to close, meaning finish it off, make the book stick finish and win there you go that is so crazy because like that's it you know over the years and i I, it wasn't like i i didn't sell a ton of books in my career but like i had moments where it was pretty decent and like you know i could never even imagine like selling 1500 units in a week like the the that level of discipline that you must have must have been bananas i mean it was it was just crazy and and once you hit this I, i used to call it an energy ribbon once you hit this, you're, you're like hydroplaning. Uh, you're, yeah. So I had one day, I had one day that's very special in my life. And, and uh, Dave Stanley was following me. Shout out to Dave Stanley. Uh, and it, we went 16 for 16 in like 450 units or 500 units. No one said no. Everyone, everyone, wow. everyone bought the whole bag. And, the whole was, bag man. and I cashed out everybody. And it, it, it was just one of those days, day. one of those days and they all stuck, all those books stuck and they didn't have any cancellations. Wow. And so, yeah, it made for a good week, but, but, oh, yeah. but, but I'm telling you all the amazing things. We all know the bad things, you know, the, right. the, 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 the beautiful thing about this training is you can't, you can't shortcut. If you shortcut it, it the results are there. And that's what's so unique about that book person that you were referencing before that you meet on the road or bump into Uh, it's, it's a code. It's a code meaning, meaning I know that if you tell me something, you're not lying. (laughs) Yeah. And if you lived in a (laughs) fishbowl and if, if you tell me you're going to get something or do something or be something, I believe you because we kind of cut all that crap out. Right. Book people, if you lie to each yeah. other, that's terrible. You, you can't do that. Oh, yeah. 
because that's all you have when you strip down out on the book field you know that's all you have that's why you don't cut off your your uh uh, you know, in traffic, it's why you don't give the bird. Yeah, it's why you're nice to everybody <laughs> at the grocery store or the laundromat. You're living in a fishbowl, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, that's paid off so many times for me. I, even fast forward to today, I, I I meet people in the uh, the lounge at the airport, and they end up investing in my company, uh, j- just because I uh, treated them with respect and and uh, wow. was nice yeah. to them. So, yeah, you never know where your future is coming from, but the self discipline muscle was was formed by Southwestern. And so, so there's like, I, I remember in your advanced sales, you also talked about this a lot, but like what, heading into that summer, you were competing with Zizzy and that was like very beneficial too. But there was also this like resolve in your head that you knew that that was what you were going to do. So how, how did you like convince yourself? Cause you, you said you jumped like 6,000 units or something. So like, what was, was there like a moment? Was there like a, or, or was it just spread out? But like, was there a moment, a day that you remember where you were like, I know this is going to happen now. Like, Three yeah, ago, you know, I, I sure. think it's, 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 it's similar. Uh, I had all the component parts and for whatever reason, they weren't firing on all pistons, you know, to where I hit that, that full throttle, whether that was turf attitude, um, learning curve, uh, you know, whatever it was, I, I didn't have it all. Once, right. once I put it all together, and, and that's really what it is. You know, I'm a positive guy, period. And, and I, I like those books that talk about you set your goal and then you don't worry about it. You know, I like that you, you, you I, I want to do this. I write it down. I look at it. I don't tell too many people. Um, uh, I, I review it, but then I don't worry about it. I don't stress, am I going to hit my goal? Am I going to be number one in the country? Am I really going to do this? I relax and manage by statistics. Mm. So, uh, uh, how many demos? <laughs> when did I get up? I set my schedule. Yeah. I do my push-ups. I do my sit-ups, <laughs> and yeah. I let it and I let it come. Now I don't miss an opportunity, you know. But I let it come. So so you know I'll I'll sell the cookbook along the way, and uh, you Great. know I'll I'll, I'll 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 close everybody. But but I certainly will maximize my opportunity and try to again during gravy, you know, hit those young families and stick and move. Uh, you only have so much time on the book field. You only have so much time during the day and you only have so much time on this earth. So, you know, mm-hmm. time management is certainly another thing. So all those things came together in 1989 and uh, you know, we, it was quite incredible. How did I increase? How did I get my mind right? We set goals, uh, both Zizzy and I, I, I said, I'm so did, so did everybody. Pat O'Segan, by the way, my roommate had his best summer ever. He had been selling for about eight, eight years. Wow. Um, so, <laughs> So yeah, it, it um, we stripped down to basics and uh, and just that's went to awesome. work. What wow. was uh, that's that's a, a beautiful testament to the like the bedrock of the program that's lasted yeah. close to two centuries now. How is that? Oh yeah, thirty <laughs> of them a day, right? So that's that's really cool that um, you were able to speak to that because uh, I'm curious how was it following up that summer and obviously you didn't break the company right now. I, I mean this in a positive way but oh not um, at all you know that was I, your best summer right it, it was it oh for sure my best up. summer and the, the last six were denouement you know uh, you you um t- ton of pressure uh, a, a team that that wins the championship coming back and trying to re- oh, repeat yeah. that, that effort uh 
that pressure was tremendous. And if you don't hit your first week, you're done. You're, you know, you can still have a great summer, but I'm talking about breaking a company record. You only have 13, you miss one. It's mm-hmm. so, so, so tough. So you don't give up, mm-hmm. you don't quit, but that, that kind of pressure of not hitting it right away, running into books, you yep. know, what's up, you know, how am I going to do this? And uh, I didn't see a path. Then I just relaxed and finished the summer and did my thing. Um, you know, I'll say that that summer in, in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, you couldn't put in any demos, right? There are four people right. that live there in the county. So you, <laughs> you, 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 that was you, outside of Lincoln. Come on, right. no, correct, correct. I was in the country outside of Lincoln. There's three people. I get eight yeah. eight demos a day, and yeah. uh, and so you know you're darn right. I got good at closing, and and uh, and I got really good at at um, at my schedule because you couldn't you had to rely on all those basics to. And and I'm, uh, my roommate uh, then was Ed Roan. Shout out to Ed. Uh, we were super disciplined, never broke schedule. It was one of my most rewarding summers out of all. And they all kind of linked together. You know, I kind of look at it as one career, yeah. Not, yeah. not not, what happened my seventh summer, eight. My God, you're supposed to graduate college by then. <laughs> uh, Some people don't. But, but, but I do remember uh, I, I, uh, I took a job selling law books to lawyers for Clark Board and Call- Callahan back in the day. A lot of book people did that. And uh, I, my dad had a heart attack. I was living in Louisiana. I wanted to come back and kind of hang out with him and be closer to him. So I talk, took this job. My turf was the Quad Cities out to I-80. And I became interested. In, in, in there, and I was selling to lawyers. And I went, oh, if these guys can be lawyers, I'll go be a lawyer. So I went to, I was living across the street from DePaul University. I said, DePaul, you know, how long till I'm a lawyer? And I had 160 hours of undergraduate credit from five different institutions. It didn't add up to one. And the, the, uh, the, the counselor said, uh, two years till you're an undergrad. Uh. So, so I sucked it up. I went to undergraduate school and I, I got the bug for politics. And, really? uh, and so I, while I was studying there, uh, President Clinton's campaign manager, David Wilhelm was teaching a class. I got to know him and that's how I got into my next career. But the thing is, they couldn't pay me. They didn't have any money. So you're volunteering, and I'm not a rich kid, right? I had to work for everything. So that's the right. why. How can you work for free in, in, in Hollywood, in politics? How can you work for free? Who can afford to? You're, you're limited to only rich people and senators' kids that, that, that can have that kind of opportunity. Well, I couldn't work for free either. So what did I do? I sold books. So <laughs> I... I uh, <laughs> I went up to Northern Maine <laughs> where my mother was born and I lived in my mother's hometown. What? And I did 10 summers, 10,000 units in, I'm sorry, 10, 10 weeks, 10,000 okay. units. Oh, wow. There I took that money. I put it in my pocket. I went to meet the campaign on the trail and uh, it was one, that was an, no an incredible way. summer, incredible summer. I walked Sounds on my like great grandfather's uh, grave. I, uh, I did, wow. there was no door. I got in every door. <laughs> oh man. It was, it was a small town. You know, I walked into so one. I knew your mom too, right? Oh yeah. I was demonstrating the books and I see a picture of my great grandfather on the mantle. Uh, oh the, my. The lady oh, worked gosh. in the nursing home. Uh, oh, wow. my, my mom was a nun 
for uh, 11 years, a Franciscan nun yeah. Catholic, and kicked the habit. But, but, but I got to it go to her, <laughs> but I got to go to her convent and I got to meet her sisters and it what? was a super amazing summer. It was no stress. I didn't go to Sunday meeting, uh, but you should, right. but I, but I did. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 was, it was too far. It, it was too far of a drive. Uh, people came to follow me. And uh, wow. I had two super experienced roommates, Bert Bragan and, 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 uh, and Liz Regan. So, uh, wow. and we just went to business. It was a, an amazing summer without any stress, any pressure. I wasn't Dang. trying to set the company record. I was in right. my, my, my family's hometown. And, uh, <laughs> you know, as good as you can get it. Wow. When I was, my student manager, in maybe his fourth or fifth summer, he, uh, they all went to Alaska and sold for a summer. Oh, yeah. And had one cool. of those real special experiences where it was unique and different. Yeah, uh, that was my, my 10th summer. And I, I didn't look back after that. I, even though I, my hand still shakes in May uh, when I sales school. <laughs> sales school when the birds are chirping. Right? So, so let me get this straight. So you're telling me that like, while you were selling like your last few summers, you were going to college, so you could be a lawyer. And then, or, and then, and then when you met the head of the campaign for the Clintons, you were like, I need money. So you just go and make what 50 grand at the time. Yes. And then go campaign. With I the met Clintons. him on the campaign trail. And, and then they hired me after I volunteered for a while. Then they hired me uh, for $17,900. Okay. Annually. So this is 1995. Yes. On the reelect. So I worked on the reelect wow. for Clinton in 95 yeah. and okay. we raised, you know, 50 million, $60 million. We did, we did very well. Um, That's fun. It was, uh, but, but uh, all that training was just, I don't know how anybody uh, raised money in politics without having sold books door to door for 10 summers. <laughs> so, but yeah, it, it, it became my next passion. And, and cool. uh, you know, books were my passion for sure. I never found it a drudge, even though we all still have the, 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 the book dream where we didn't deliver the damn books. So, so that's still <laughs> the book that, nightmares. That, yeah, that, that still happens. Still happens. Twenty twenty. Yeah, it still happens. It was it was that intense. Um, <laughs> but but uh, my next passion was was politics, and and uh, I learned a whole bunch and worked in it for twenty six years, and uh, and now my my third career, uh, I'm in business, and all of these things that that I'm telling you that I learned in Southwestern, I use every day in both yeah. when I worked in politics and you never really get out. Uh, and, and, and uh, now I, I'm a, 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 an entrepreneur. I, I'm a cannabis entrepreneur and I, we have 125 employees, eight licenses in, in four states and uh, we're, we're on yeah. the move. Yeah, so well, and that's, what's, that's what's so cool. I mean, in, with, with this podcast that we've been able to like kind of see where people have gone. I mean, we've seen some pretty amazing uh, successful book folks that just went on and did great things. And so, one of the things that we always ask them is like, how, what, what would you say? I mean, obviously the, probably the schedule, like you were talking about, but were there times where you thought, man, this is, if we just you do the Southwestern thing, it'll work. And then it ended up working, whether in your politics career or in your, in your cannabis career, were there With times schedule where and discipline yeah, like, and all it always like, works. It, it, it always works. You know, it's, it's a guarantee that whole thing about, you know, there's no guarantee in sales. Yeah, there is, you know, I get one out of six and that's if I'm average. So, <laughs> so you know, you're, you're guaranteed. You just have to go out there and go out there and go, go to, to work. work. Yep. Um, it, was there 
Yes, you were schedule, schedule. I, you know, this all of this allows me to be successful in whatever you know, whatever I'm going to do next. You know, it helps me uh, with my four kids. Um, you oh, know, yeah. managing expectations. Um, again, uh, learning how to just teach them how to work hard, praising work effort. You know, you bring me a nice piece of art. It ain't so nice, okay? But I, but what do I praise? <laughs> I praise and I say, oh my gosh, that must have taken you an hour, right? That's a long, no, nice. it only took yeah. me a half hour. No, wow, I, I can't, that must have taken you a long time. So always praising work effort. And even to this Absolutely. day, I manage by statistics. You don't manage how many people sold or what they did. You manage how many, how many, time, how many hours, what was their punctuality rate? How long have they mm -hmm. been with us? How many years have they worked? You know, uh, right. uh, all of these other statistics. So there's not a thing you, you, could, you specifically that I can point to that said this book thing worked, but all of it works. Right. Okay. Of course. All of it, so I, I hear a lot of uh, in my life about, oh, you guys were in that cult. And, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know what? This is it, comes it, up on every episode. But but think about it. Is the military a cult? Is is a, um, yeah, is, a little bit right? is a well, yeah. very good. But but is is a sports team a cult? So so what I would say is that for us, let's call it a club. You can call you it go. a cult. But there but, you go. But, but what do we? But in this cult, what do you replace? What are we praying to in this cult? Success principles. Right. Of course. Right. Okay. Well, well, that's bipartisan. Oops. And in uh, right. okay, so I'm in a success principle club. Yes. It's guilty. I mean, that's exactly how it evolved into in certain uh, ways as time went on. Um, when Andres and I were in the business, uh, sales manager Lester Crafton, for example, he turned um, the Southwestern Principles into a program called Lead, um, where students on campus would basically mentor other friends on campus during the school year and be like hey we're going to go make a ton of money take make a ton of money selling books and then just go and crush it and uh, it was kind of a hard thing for them to really pull off and make successful but you're right um in saying that these principles are, are baked into everything um so yeah, yeah. what would you say go ahead andres no i was gonna say it's it's pretty interesting because like it's just a common thread that I've noticed with people that we've talked on this thing. I mean, it, 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 you were super successful in politics. Your company's kicking ass right now. Like it's in your, I mean, it's just, it wasn't an accident that you're, that this is happening, right? It's not like uh Not at all. It's and a lot of things that we learn, all yeah. of us learn, we spend the money, right? We, we blow the money. Yeah. We learn how to make money. That's one. We learn how to make money. Two, we learn how to create business, our own business. So, mm -hmm. Uh, if I've got a turf, I've got to work, whether I, I was selling uh, uh, wind power. Nice. At, the, at the same doors, I was selling books. Nice. <laughs> so no way. Driving That's the same surreal. ridge, driving the same ridge. Right. Wow. So, so, so uh, but I knew how to cut up the turf. Yeah. And, 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 awesome. even, and to this day, when I, when I work field work in politics, I know how to cut up the turf. I still work school district by school district. It's brilliant go. made it to network. Uh, everybody uh, knows everybody. People. So, so once you learn how to carve up turf, how to create business, how to start with zero, which we start with, you know, writing a check for gas, and then you end up with, you know, $80,000 check 13 weeks later, you know, how does that happen? Now, many, I spent the money many times over. What I didn't spend 
is, is, is what it took to make the money. One, I learned how to make it. I knew I could make it again. So it gave me a sense of confidence that whatever I did next, I could make money. I could create business. I could not quit. And I could yield results through persistence. That's what it, now, when I hire people, if you can find confidence, if you can avoid um, insecurity, and that's what Southwestern teases out that. So you become secure. And I would say uh, the number one thing I try to avoid in business is doing business with insecure people. So, Interesting. so that's, it, it taught me to be secure, to co be confident in my step, to stand up for myself in the workplace, to follow my passion, uh, you know, uh, it, and uh, it, it all of a sudden the work isn't so hard. So yeah, books were my passion. I loved it. I still do. Uh, politics, I can't get out. I, I still, you know, I don't, <laughs> follow, say I don't follow sports. I can tell you, right. where, you know, every alderman went to high school. I can tell you, you know, all of those stats. Um, it's still my passion. And, and what's and, the level uh, of uh, politics that you play? Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, not at all. I was President Clinton's finance director, Al Gore, General Clark, Hillary Clinton, Governor Davis, Vilsack, Whoa. Cuomo, Quinn, 30 members of Congress, uh, uh, yeah. all levels. Um, wow, and and, uh, and what you I worked your way up to that from like 17,900 bucks. I raise money. And how did I learn how to raise money? <laughs> Southwestern. Knock on doors. Yeah. I mean, that was the whole experience of taking those summers to actually pay for your political career. So um, you, do you have an interest in just kind of like staying behind the scenes and raising funds and kind of helping network that way? Or well, you, you yes, until, until, they, until there's another way to win. Yes. Um, yeah. and, I still, and I still like to teach people how to do it. Um, uh, I still am super active and um, it, uh, it's greatly beneficial. You know, my new business, cannabis, it's very political. So, yeah. uh, you know, it helps me that I have the ability to speak to legislators, to speak to regulators, uh, to speak to investors. Um, all of that kind of came together. And then we're taking an illegal business legal. Holy cow. Right. Um, yeah. You know, that, that's, uh, it, we're, we're creating a lot of the systems. Uh, we're the model, the template. So, you know, we're the only union company in Las Vegas in, in cannabis a very union town, but we provide pensions, free college, high hourly wage, vision and dental insurance to all of our employees. Uh, people work for us, they make a lot of money and so do we. It's okay to do yeah. well and good at the same time. And I believe that this is the way you, you, you build the middle class back. You know, there's mm. three good jobs or three new jobs out there now, Uber, Lyft and cannabis. The first two, <laughs> the first two aren't so good. Yeah, and, right. And, uh, you know, so, so now we're going to decide where millions and millions of people are going to work in this space. We're engineers, we're farmers, we're, we're manufacturers, we're architects, yeah. we're lawyers, we're compliance yeah. personnel. Uh, and, and so, you know, that's uh, where all of this kind of comes to play now. Every day I use this because there's no room for error. Again, we're, mm. we don't have a bank that will lend us the money. Right. Because it's federally illegal, but we have to build a $20 exactly. million dollar facility. Right. How, how do you do that? So put an ATM in each one as well, right? Hours that want to do Yeah. So you you know yeah, you start man. a you start a friends and family round and, and so fundraising is always part of everything I've done. Right. Very cool.
so how did you so how did you get into cannabis i mean was it because to talk to us a little bit about that because by the way not all heroes wear capes man i i moved to oregon <laughs> and i am happy here for a lot of reasons that being one of them that is like cannabis is nice. and it's and it's the industry here so and realize i moved from nebraska where it's not legal <laughs> Uh, probably never right, will be right and, and it'll, be the, be, the it'll be the last day yeah yeah <laughs> and uh and so to go from like there to here where it's like so it's advanced like in portland there's like the dispensaries are super super well done they're super well decked out i mean you still have your mom and pop shop looking ones but like the super nice ones it's a beautiful environment the the, the way yeah. that they describe and know what each thing does is really cool and so yeah. uh for you, how did you get into that? Had you always been interested in them? I know you said you got it. No, not at all. So, so my last campaign I worked on was the governor of Illinois and uh, we won. And, and then some friends came and, uh, and, and said, I want to start a business. We started a business and it was a pharmaceutical benefits management company uh, along with a couple others. We ended up growing that and I got introduced to pharmacy uh, that way. And um, I really enjoyed starting businesses. Uh, I, healthcare is a, a giant, giant issue, but, but cannabis seemed to have it all for me. You know, we were selling Oxycontin and Viagra, uh, all uh, <laughs> very important legal drugs, yeah. but, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't my passion. But right. on the other side, we've been locking up the wrong people for the last 50 years, decimating families ooh, and, ooh. and uh, really, really screwing things up. Um, so for me, it was this policy of, you know, how do we make this legal? Um, it, this entrepreneurial exercise where I knew it didn't have to introduce a new product. It's 10,000 years old. Every grandmother's <laughs> making a tea with it. And, and there's, great, there's great pent up <laughs> demand. We, we've been prescribing it in our hospitals till 1929. Uh, so, so it was part of our healthcare system before. It's now part of our healthcare system again. And so I, I saw that, that as the kind of amazing opportunity, the entrepreneurial opportunity, the, the uh, ability to correct some wrongs, some ills in society, and yeah. then to be able to rebuild the middle class. And yes, I'm passionate about cannabis itself. It is um, a, a, a calming for those that use it for medicine. Uh, if you have, certainly during the pandemic, uh, people suffered from sleep, from anxiety, from pain. Uh, this uh, plant directly treats those symptoms. If you take it any further to epilepsy, to some of this amazing treatment, some of the treatments being done in other countries, uh, it's quite incredible. But I wasn't around when railroad was rolled out. I wasn't here when you know uh, the internet became such a, a, an amazing thing and the high tech companies were launched. I was here, but, but you know, I didn't get to participate. Cell right. phones, this is that type of tectonic thing. Millions and millions and millions of people are gonna be working in this industry globally. And, you know, yeah. I, I, get a, I get a chance to be in there. We, we developed and, and patented our own equipment. So we recycle That's and awesome. reclaim our water. Uh, That's the, so cool. So in, a, in, a, in, a, in a times where drought is everywhere, uh, we recycle and reclaim our water. Uh, uh, so the average grow uses 20 million gallons a year. We use 10,000. So we, all these well, kind of best practices. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So all these best practices, um, I, again, let's tie it back to Southwestern. Yes. My inventory control system. Efficiency, for sure. No room for error. Again, if you screw up your, your 12th week, you're not going to get, you're not going to hit your goal. So right. all of those setting up redundancies, uh, hiring the right people, 
um, making those employees uh, like any sale, making that sale stick, uh, having these employees where they go through a, a nice vetting process, then, then offer great benefits, vision and dental insurance, paternity and maternity leave, <laughs> free college. And, yeah. and now, guess what? Nobody steals, nobody quits. Mm. And uh, in an industry that's brand new, we, we've, uh, we've had a long-term workforce that's very mature. It's, it's really the strength. Wow. Yeah. That's Dang. powerful stuff. Watch out Dang. for Dave and his cannabis project. Yeah, the name. Yeah, yeah, when when you get to Vegas, y'all y'all get the Bookman <laughs> discount. Uh, the store is <laughs> the store is named Jenny's. We're in Bend, Oregon. Nice. We're in, uh, in Las Vegas, and the uh, the cultivation facility in the company is named Wave Sear, uh, and right. uh, and Pure Extracts. Gotta go, go take a gotta go right. take a weekend trip to over to Bend. Well, you're invited. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll be like, hey, Dave sent me. Uh, something about the Southwestern Rosen discount. Discounts. You're in. <laughs> well, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> you'll definitely have some interested parties that might want to work with you too, Dave. So well, you, you know, we we're hiring at all times, and and guess who are guess who we're hiring? Right, we're hiring a, a route salesperson. Working people go wholesale yep. to wholesale, and and yep. uh, these jobs are, are well paying. Uh, it's commission. Uh, uh, you know, yes. I'm training, <laughs> and nice. uh, you know. Uh, they, you have a finite amount because of these licenses. You only have 70 licenses or 120 licenses in the state. So those right. are your sales prospects. Right? Of course. And so, yeah, it, it's uh, we're hiring salespeople all the time. And this wholesale sales is like a pharmaceutical sales. You're going business to business, having a route, carving up the turf, uh, closing, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and, then, and then satisfying those uh, accounts and, and managing. Yeah. Did you... Did you find that like when, when uh, uh, like, is it, is it easy to get into a certain states? Like how, what's the, that process? Like if you wanted to open up like a new state that just legalized, no, it's impossible. Or, no, no, yeah, it's impossible. It's, it's so difficult. Uh, we Not were wait. lucky. We started early, so nobody wanted to do it. And so, yeah. uh, you know, we got really high scores on our application and there wasn't this fierce competition because there's great reputational risk with, but it, it, this, this is 2014. So nobody wanted to even say the word marijuana. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, yeah. it, and so uh, you have great reputational risk uh, to even get started. But you know, since we've been in, uh, it, was, it was incredibly diff difficult, but we didn't have that much competition. Now, <laughs> we haven't won. You know, we, we still try. Uh, we compete. These are competitive process. Call it 1,000 applicants to get you know, 10 licenses. Uh, the, the odds are very difficult. So for lots of reasons, now big money's there. It, uh, Canada, oh, legalized, yeah. Canada legalized cannabis. So there's public, a lot of these companies are now on the Canadian uh, stock exchange. There's big money in it. And they're able to spend a lot more money on the applications themselves uh, uh, and preparing for it. So uh, we're happy with what we've won. And uh, over the last six years, uh, seven years, we've spent a lot of time developing best practices. So we're sustainable, both as a company uh, in, in a sustainable way, but also that our employees and our schedules are sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's so cool. So what, how do you suspect that like, and it's hard to keep asking about this. Not at all. You, you know, you know, a lot about to talk about it. Your job. How, how do you, how do you suspect that? Like if uh, it, let's say current administration would seem that like they would, more, I mean, hopefully legalize it oh, yeah. or when it does, like, how would that change this landscape in, in your, in your opinion? Well, in Canada, it, it, the stocks went hundredfold 
uh, you could cross province, sure. wow. you could cross province lines, you could get a bank, you could go public. So it changes everything. You know, what people don't understand is, you know, if you're going to go set up a watch factory, you don't go buy a factory, you lease it. Right. Uh, right. So, right. so here you have to buy the factory. And by the way, you can't get a mortgage because yeah, there's no bank. Vertical so, integration here. So, so. so it's really, really, really difficult to, to, to take this and to raise the, and raise the funds. Mm. Uh, so, so there's 36 states now where it's legal. Uh, the majority of the adult population in the U.S. has access to legal cannabis. Um, the remaining states, it's either pending medical. There'll be 40 after the mid, there'll be 40 after the midterms next. Uh, uh, this midterms coming up. Uh, gay marriage had 26 before it became a federal law. So yeah. you know the tipping point of when it becomes a federal law. It, it's it's not a when. It's a for sure. There's millions and millions of dollars going into those states' coffers that you can't right. replace. All those good jobs, uh, uh, all those tax revenue that are being collected. What will change when it becomes federal legal is we'll be able to write down our business expenses. No other business yeah. or industry would have to put up with that. So we have taxes. <laughs> we, can't, we can't write off any business expense in our business. Wow. So, so a law firm couldn't survive that way. A restaurant couldn't survive oh, that right. way. And, and so we're, we're not able to take those deductions. It's a 1980s Reagan era law that stopped drug dealers, illegal drug dealers from writing off their factories and their trucks and their employees, which they did. Mm. Well, we still suffer from that. But uh, uh, last month, the uh, court, uh, Senator Booker, Senator Wyden, and um, uh, I'm missing one. Um, why am I blanking? But but the three of them came out and we oh Schumer uh, majority leader yeah, sure. uh, came, yeah, uh, sure. came out and and uh, now they're pushing this legislation so I think that it's imminent uh, that it will be federally legal and and then these efficiencies that we can set up it might not be efficient to grow in 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 the middle of a city where electricity is very expensive right. labor it might be more efficient to grow somewhere else and use these as distribution hubs it might develop into right. a three tier system like the liquor system where there's a manufacturer an end user and then this distributor in between right but we'll see how this evolves what we do know is is uh, you know when you know, when someone purchases our company they're going to purchase a contract with it our employees are going to be well paid and it'll it'll just keep passing up uh, we're, we're guaranteeing our employees in these towns that accepted us and our businesses that uh, their employees are safe with us and uh, we'll look out after them and whoever purchased it, whether it's a big pharmaceutical company, a liquor company, a tobacco company or a beverage company, mm -hmm. that uh, these contracts uh, go forward. Well, uh, wow. Dave, I must say this is a selfish plug, but uh, if you want to power your weed with some sunlight, I got gotcha. you. Uh, we do, and we're in Nevada. So nice. let's uh, cool. that's that's a that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I love that. Cool. That's so funny. So. Man, that's that's crazy. And but, then but, so uh, all that sustainable stuff we're into, and uh, you know, tell. again, awesome. all of our all of our salespeople, you know, we train to the fundamentals. Everybody knows about the cycle of a sale. Um, nice. You know, yes. uh, everyone. You know, we start our conference calls on time. Uh, no one's late. Uh, you know, it's all of this kind of the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Yeah. Uh, uh, they all know about the, the book field and book stories and ad nauseum. They're tired yeah. of hearing about it.
uh, Ogmandino, I will persist until I succeed. All that stuff. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a, you. Sorry to change changing gears Please. real quick and, and thinking back, like kind of going back towards some southwestern stuff. The one of the things I just realized is you you, you probably watch Mort Utley give a keynote address in person. Oh, I knew Mort uh, well. Yeah. And uh, awesome. I remember when they named that thousand unit week uh, Mort the Mort Utley. I was at the. No the, way. Oh yeah, I was in the room with him. And, what was and, he like? Oh no. Uh, we, I used to, we drive, we drive in a car with him and, and take him to different events. And oh no, I, I knew more. Nice. Uh, yeah, quite, a, awesome. quite an amazing guy. So yeah. the name of this, this podcast, of course, is inspired by his pony story, right? Of ponytail. Oh, I know kids, it. I know the, it well. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Do you, do you tell that story to people these oh, days? Oh yeah. My kids hate it. They're so sick of that story. They, they, they like to uh, change the ending. <laughs> no really yeah <laughs> and he didn't find any pony anywhere right <laughs> right you know no, uh, no it's it's it is that that uh attitude but the the pony um we talk about all the time sure i've had many uh, pony stories did, did uh did board always talk like that was it always like or was it just he did you know it, it makes me want to be a professional speaker you know when i when i can yeah. ever go to my fourth career uh right. the, the, the way he was prepared and the way he could motivate yeah. everybody. Uh, oh, yeah. And I saw him one time. He was robbed that day in Nashville. Oh. And he spoke at our President's Club dinner. <laughs> and he talked about how he had a $100 bill stuck in his wallet or in his belt buckle. So he was still cool. Um, but, <laughs> but he was not shaken. He was still professional, deeply passionate and speaking to you. You know, that's the, the thing that I give 100% of my time to the person I'm speaking to. I learned that selling books. Mm. And there's a lot of people that look over their shoulder to see who just walked in the room or people that are on their phone while you're speaking to them. It doesn't mean you can't have a conversation, but best practices is focus, be there be present. And, and Mort was in, incredible. You know, I, I knew him well, and John Locker knew him well, and, and uh, you know, our organization was close to him. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so I, uh, cool. Currently, I'm in Arizona, and uh, there's an old business partner of Mort's, uh, Jim Leonard, out here in uh, Mesa, Arizona. I'm not sure if you knew him, but I've heard plenty of stories secondhand from him where he's got like pictures with him and all that cool stuff. So That's legendary so cool. gentleman right there. Oh, for sure. Well, but you didn't do too bad when you, when you uh, recorded that advanced sales. I mean, that's like the most famous advanced sales tape in company. No, well, besides, besides maybe Mord's address that was recorded, like right. besides that, I think yours is the, one like the, the most quoted. Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, you thank know. you. It's hard to listen to. I was, a, a, you know, I, I was very young. I was a teenager <laughs> and then taking it through. Um, but there was something there. You know, and I think that I, and I, I started teaching this to politicians and, and other folk later on. It was just genuineness. Right. Mm. Pretty much authenticity and genuineness that came through with that. You know, I had just finished the record. I was at the Greater Recruiter Seminar. I had a couple of notes on, on you know, written yeah. down on a napkin. And I got up there and the energy, I just fed off of it. And I was thrilled to be able to tell everybody about what I did that summer. And yeah. it really oh, yeah. was a special speech. And um, 
uh, I still uh, get, you know, every summer people call me and quote it and tell me <laughs> it and want me to send it to them. And um, yeah, so, so, so in, in more, uh, it, you know, again, in my next career, I hope to refine, uh, refine these skills. I have good coaches that are available to me and I, I look forward to, uh, again, uh, taking it on, understanding the basics, yeah. unpacking it, yeah. setting up a schedule <laughs> and practicing a bunch and then getting good at it. Yeah, man. There you go. That's, there you go. That, that'll help you if you run for officer, if you ever go up like- Oh, that's it. And there's a, there's a good idea. So, that, so, the, so uh, that, that'd be a good thing to do too. And, and yes, it will help me. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. I do. I do stand-up comedy, and that's the way I've been sharpening those skills. But it's sure. a, it's a thrill. It's a thrill when people when you get up and there's a room that's hot and they're like ready for you and expecting you. That's a fun environment and it, to be in. It's they're, they're smart. They're 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 anticipating. And again, you can't bullshit that crowd. You have to be present. You have to focus, yeah. and you have to be there. Dang, <laughs> that's awesome. So. Uh, Nick, do you have any questions? Well, uh, I mean, it's been really cool to see the overarching narrative of how like the foundation, right? Anyone who's built anything, you, you know the importance of starting your youth strong. I mean, you did 10 summers that like any, any single person that I might find in the wild, if I were to find out that not only did they sell books, but for as many summers as that, it's like, what job couldn't you get or couldn't you make for yourself, right? Um, so it's, it's really cool to just kind of see the class of person that um, carries themselves that way. I'm working with a 10 summer book man right now. Um, so it's, it's really cool to, um, you know, kind of see the, the themes of schedule and those kinds of things. I'm kind of curious, um, as always with people on, on these things, is how did you have fun throughout it all? Um, how did you, because you're a very entertaining, charismatic type of, type of presence there. And uh, it's always cool to, to hear about how, in spite of all this discipline that you need to endure, um, there's fun to be had. It's fun. You know, I, I, no one likes not selling books. Everyone likes selling books. So, <laughs> yeah. so they like, yeah, right. Right, right. So, uh, so it's fun to sell them. There's nobody that like, closes, they give you the money. That's fun. So, so uh, that's one. Two, you know, I loved all those places that I, I lived. Uh, right. uh, when I lived in, in Seward uh, with Charlie and Vera Thoreau, uh, yes. who ran a detasseling uh, business, <laughs> who was the, who was no the teacher in the school. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, you, you know, the, the, these people uh, are, are really dear to me still. And, and uh, when I pass through, I, 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 uh, I, I want to you know, knock on their door. It was so many there years ago, I'm afraid for what I find. But, but, yeah, right. <laughs> real, but, but real, real, real special. Um, uh, what, what, uh, what was your- How'd you have fun? Like, what, oh, what was, fun, fun. Yeah. So living with them, you know, the, a lot of the people that I sold books to were people I went, wow, I'd like to be like them. I like the yeah. way they handled their kids. I like the, the, the way they handled their job. I like the way they talked to me and treated me with respect. And uh, I, I, got, I, I fed off of people. Now, right. uh, so, but I always had fun accomplishing goals. It's fun. It's just fun to, you know, when you're, uh, I, I don't get to compete in sports anymore because I'm too old, but uh, I get to compete in business. It's just not so immediate. Books, you got to compete. 
yeah. with people oh, yeah. from Harvard and Yale and those, those, those bad schools. Uh, and, 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 and I got to show them what a blue demon or a Brahma bull uh, could do on a level playing field with good turf. So <laughs> I, I um, don't worry about things you can't control. Hmm. It's the number one tenet for a lot of things. The twelve-step yeah. program for for, uh, for uh, many, success, yeah. many many success uh, uh, principles. Uh, that I can't control that it rains. I can't control that the dog peed on my bag. I can't control that the dog bit me during the book field and I'm bleeding and I have to go to the hospital. Right? I can't control that my car breaks down. Mm -hmm. um, I can't control it. So as a young person to learn not to stress and freak out and have your head spin around and, you know, yes, we're crying in the cornfield, but we went back to, <laughs> we went back to work. Yeah, and of course. You got to practice on that as a young person, but you never forget those lessons. And that's why that fourth summer peaked. I got to put all those things together and hit the right place in the right time. And I maximized my opportunity I feel I'm doing that same with cannabis. I feel like I've done that same exercise on campaigns where, you know, I thought we were going to lose, but we won and uh, maximized our opportunity uh, and just, it was fun. So setting a goal, having incremental steps towards it is fun. It's fun. There it is. <laughs> so, uh, you know, let's define fun, um, uh, you know, but for me, it's, it's greatly gratifying, incredibly satisfying to take incremental steps towards a goal. Uh, Absolutely. To me, it's fun. Do you, Love it. Do you, do you think that if you ever run for offices, you just recruit a giant army of book people to code? Well, I know we won't have a problem raising money. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because there's, there's alumni in, in office, right? There's oh, like Rick, many, Rick many, Harry, many, Rick many. Mary's very books. famous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do you ever hang out with them? <laughs> uh, when I meet them, uh, it's that yeah, you know, yeah, we, yeah. We, we can do the rain dance, uh, but, but sure, even, even I recruited one that, that's uh, that's in office. Uh, really? One of my recruits is a congressman in Louisiana. So, oh, so wow. uh, yeah, uh, uh, and, and um, you know, Marsha Blackburn. I mean, there's lots. There's lots of very famous yeah. alumni. Ken Starr, his kid, uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Secretary Perry. Um, but it's not a like we're in every walk of life book people oh yeah well we're 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 everywhere and uh because you just take those skills and put it towards your passion and you'll be successful so those folks had a passion for politics took what they learned on the book field yeah. and executed uh these are these are not partisan success principles <laughs> these are right. success principles <laughs> Yeah. And so yeah. Uh, everyone should learn them. And like yeah. I said, it's it, these places where you can learn them are disappearing. Right. Mm. Yeah. And it's interesting because like a fraternity or a sorority, right? You are always, you're a member of that, that club, right? You're always a member of the success club. And, you know, hearing about your, your stories has uh, been just like a clear reminder of that it's like, you're always going to have the ability to apply these basics um, in order to just kind of rock it to, you know, a different stratosphere than most people who play the game. You know, uh, it, it gave me, 
one of my strengths is the ability to take risks. The reason I have the yeah. ability to take risks is because I know I can always pick up a sample case and go make $150,000. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. You know it. That's I had a, an alumni mentor, um, Shane Hertig. Uh, he talked about how if he were to be dropped out of a plane in the middle of some random forest somewhere and had nothing but a sample case and an order, an order pad, he could go make some money and take care of himself. We all, we all learned that same skill. The top salesperson, oh, yeah. the regular salesperson, everyone that goes through the program, that's why these success, success principles are so important. Yeah. Some were great recruiters, exactly. some were great salespeople, but we all learned not to lie, cheat, or steal, to look out for our neighbor, mm -hmm. to look out for our community, to, mm -hmm. to do what we say we're going to do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it, it's crazy because like that stuff has that, that's what's like been distilled over the years right i mean if you go look at a first year that's currently selling in florida right now or whatever like that's yeah. the same stuff that 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 you picked up and i picked up and we sold throughout different decades you know and, and it's it's been a common denominator and at the end of the day like people i found it's like ah well good you sold a ton of units but also you didn't sell that many units but you still work a lot of hours and even that little bit of an experience even if you didn't make a ton of money no question my sister yeah. sold books she had a lot of pressure on her. She was Rosen's sister. <laughs> and oh, and uh, no. she, she quit after uh, uh, six weeks. To this oh, day, my. she said it was her most valuable experience that, yeah. that maybe I get her dream that I had to deliver the books. But, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, but she, um, to this day, she still you know, had a very successful career in her life, you know, went on to be uh, cool. uh, lots of things. But, but um, it was books, she, even that experience, even not yeah. finishing um, was still wow. that important uh, in her life. Yeah, and so for people like you who, 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 like, who like obviously did so well and, and, and were, I feel like those, even those people are also caught up, uh, uh, cut off of a different plot, right? Like you hear about like the guys that did really well, the ones that we've talked to, and they're all like super doing super great things in, in the world and have this fantastic mentality. And you guys are, you're all humble. <laughs> like it's like, it's like a common theme, man. Like I, I talk to you right now and I wouldn't know like your crazy successor. Like if, you, if I met you just hanging out and it's like, this guy worked for all these different people and all these different campaigns and did so well on so many things. And you're just you're such a humble human being to just be talking to right now. Man. It's, it's, that's awesome. Good for you. Well, uh, thank you. And again, you, you know, you're only good as the last door. You know, there's one other thing that, that I try to practice, and that is to not let people see me uh, if I'm having a bad day and I'm just meeting them. I don't wear that on my sleeve. I, 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 right. I used to keep a little smiley face in my, my visor, <laughs> and it was a discipline because it's rude. Yeah. It's, it's frankly, so like, my job is not, really not to make you negative. Right. You didn't have anything to do with the fight I just had or, or the bill I had to pay or, you, right. you, so, uh, or the employee I just had to take care of. The next person in front of me, you get a fresh start. You get a clean slate and you get a smile and you get a chance. And that smile is contagious. And I did it and I still do it. And I try not to, when I come home from, and I walk in the house and I got four kids and chaos and you know i smile first and guess what comes back smiles and if i said we're gonna smash you know then we're all off so yeah, it, right. it, it's to this day i don't feel that they should be negatively impacted by anything that went that i went through prior to talking to them mm. wow yeah that's great insight to share there 
Love it. Wow. Well, I mean, I think we're getting we're getting close to. Oh come uh, on! I wanted to talk about you know when I went to high school. Or, I'm teasing. Uh, well, no, I was gonna say we're getting close. To, <laughs> we, we, we call this the pony story, like the the the, the moment, because because I, I mean, I think everybody's been different. People have given us really cool stories about some, their favorite customer or their most memorable memory, like on the book field itself. Other people has been like, hey, this is if I had to leave any behind any last message for people selling books or otherwise, this is what I would say from my experience in self-western politics, cannabis, um, feel free to sh- like some, uh, and usually we allow like 15, 20 minutes for this part. Cause it's usually like the, 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 <laughs> that, the cool thing, but is there like something that you would say like, man, of all the things that I've experienced in my life of everything I've encountered everything I've overcome, like this is, this would be the legacy I wish I'd left behind, or this is the thing that like the grand slam, we call it the pony story. <laughs> you know, if, if, um, if we can tease out insecurity uh, and it's, it's a, you manifest this, you make this up. That's not true. Right. Right. Insecurity is just, it's a made up paradigm that I'm not good enough. I'm not smart right. enough. What if I fail? Um, and you tease that out or get rid of it or tap it down because we always, you know, think, uh, oh, I, my hair's not right. Or, um, you know, we still have to uh, always care about what people think. But being secure and independent is, is a goal in itself. Being secure and independent is a goal in itself. Mm. And so the way you tap down insecurity is through action. Action precedes feeling. Yeah. So you want to be happy, act happy. So action precedes feeling. The way we purge insecurity or tap it down is through action and doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that less words, more doing, you know, measure with deeds. And in doing, being active, not talking, doing, by doing whatever it is, these incremental steps towards success, whether you succeeded or not in that project, you succeeded in tapping down this insecurity. Mm. And what, is the, what do you replace with insecurity but security? So and confidence. And I can move to Portland and do something because I know that I can go to Portland and succeed. I can move to Arizona and start a business because I know, not a question. Now you still have fears. You still have, you know, question marks. And then there's that little insecurity that always wants to tap, you know, jump up there. But action precedes feeling. Uh, the more you do, the less you have time to think about, double think, be anxious over things. Mm-hmm. So then if you're going to do, I don't mean just go out there and build a house, you know, go, go and, and set a goal and then break it down. What are the things I need to do to get to that goal? Okay, I want to buy a car. I need to make this money. I need to work this many hours. I need to save this much. I need to do this. And then every day when you actually do it, oh my God. How much fun is that, right? When yeah. I want to, when I want to lose five pounds, and I actually do the things, and I do it, and I got like down to, I'm, I lost <laughs> a pound that day. It's fun. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, you wouldn't and, have lived uh, yourself a life. And, and again, now I have the confidence that I can do it again, which taps down the insecurity even more. If I know I can repeat success, it, it, then it doesn't matter what in a place. It, this pandemic, the same thing. We all had to figure out a new way, a pivot, a transition, some other way to do the things that we needed to do. We're all still standing. This is an incredible thing that we all went through and are still going through. Um, but when you relate, when you strip down to basics and fundamentals, I wake up in the morning, I eat breakfast, <laughs> I'm at work, I do my first call, I try to do the most important thing in the morning. So I wake up and I try to do the most important thing I have to do that day first, get that out of the way. And, uh, and I do that every day. It sounds boring. And then I run every other day. <laughs> but I got to tell you, you know, it's fun. And to see my kids now, uh, my son is 15. He's caddying. He's, you know, having a hard time. People are mean to him. He wants to quit. Um, mm. To see him develop and learn these skills. He's an athlete. Uh, it's so rewarding. And the way he learned them, yes, I preached it, but he saw me do it. So more action, less words. And it's the magic formula for whatever you're going to do. Just do. And, uh, you know, at the end, it ain't bragging when you're done, done it. It's okay. Yeah, to right. It's okay to talk about it. At, after matter you. of fact. And, and uh, you know, when you're with friends and family, you can say, man, I got kicked ass. That was great. But, but, <laughs> but mostly it's, it's uh, incremental steps. It's daily living, man. Like every oh, day yeah. is every day is secretary's day. Love it. Love it. Now, uh, I, I'm going to be selfish and, and re-ask this a bit more pointedly. Do you have an all-time favorite book, Pony Story, <laughs> by chance, that you'd love to finish this episode off with? Wow. I'm like, you know, I, the, the, when, I was, when I was, I, I, I had that shepherd the summer, I, I shouldn't have brought him. And it, and it was warm. I was German in, shepherd? Yeah, I had a 100-pound shepherd in the car, so I had to leave the vehicle running the whole summer while, wow. I'm, in the, while I'm in there. And uh, I pulled up to a house and there was a little dog tied up to a, a thing tied up to the garage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yipping, yipping, <laughs> yipping. And uh, I walked to the door and nobody was at the door. And I walked back and that little dog had caught itself underneath my car. Oh. And now the string is, the rope is caught underneath my axle. Now the car's running because my dog's there. If I let my dog out, we're going to have big problems. Mm. So I had a little knife I carried with me and I started reaching under, <laughs> started reaching under, started, started <laughs> cutting that rope. And every time I went for the rope, the dog went, <laughs> you know, and, and so I, I slice at the rope, the dog went, <laughs> and I did. And I had that timing and I had it frayed down to the last spray and damn it. <laughs> The dog, bam! Uh, <laughs> and, uh, let me see if I can see it. <laughs> so oh, it hits a vein. I got, yep. I got my scar right here. <laughs> hits a vein, and now it's spurting out. I cover it. Now, uh, the car is running. Dog's in the car. Blood's everywhere. Uh, the other dog's still caught underneath yeah. my car. I leave everything. I leave the car running. I checked the gas, I left my dog in the car. 
I left the dog tied up underneath my car. I left the blood on the driveway. I go to the neighbor's house. Wow. Who, just, who just said no to me. And uh, she took me to the hospital. Hmm. She got me stitches. And uh, the cops called and wanted to go destroy this dog because the dog had bit me. That's how it I is. I wouldn't tell them where that dog lived. <laughs> <laughs> I went back. The lady thanked me because uh, my car was in their driveway with a dog in it and it was running <laughs> when they came home. <laughs> and yeah. I went on and had a great summer and finished strong. And, and uh, you know, I always liked the I want to win. And I always finished those last two, two, two uh, uh, weeks strong. Uh, this was right in there. It's not quite a pony story, but you know, sure. uh, uh, I, uh, I kept on going. You know, I had many. Uh, my was the summer I didn't set the record or after I set and, and uh, I didn't sell any books. You know, let's say I sell 8,000 units or uh, for me, I was really bummed and wanted to yeah. quit, wanted to quit Southwestern, wanted to quit my life. And uh, uh, meaning, meaning I'm done, I'm going to go do something else. Right. And uh, I remember my, my sales manager, Lochran, came to see me. I was selling industrial real estate. This is before I set the company record. So we'll finish with a good one. This is 1988. I'm selling, yeah. industrial, I'm selling industrial real estate for, for a company. And Lochran said, Rosen, you know, what do you got, man? You know, you were pretty good. But what do you got? What do you got? And uh, I went and set the company record. <laughs> and he recruited me back. I quit my job. I went and sold books and uh, those pace setter reports and uh, those weekly uh, amazing things. Um, I was really glad that was a pivotal time. You know, man, no matter how far down the wrong path you've gone, it's okay to turn back. But, but uh, you know, those summers where I didn't do well, where I thought I was the king of the world, where I thought I couldn't fail and I failed, those were the real lessons. You know, those were Great. the things oh. that prepared me for some of those obstacles that I had later on in my life. You know, yes, I've had a lot of successes. I have millions of dollars of failures, millions of dollars. I have so much shrapnel in my back. I've lost so many races. <laughs> I've lost so much mm -hmm. money and you must be willing to fail. But being able to dust yourself off, go back to work, strip it down, go back to the fundamentals. Again, I'm secure and I'm confident because I know I can build it back. I shake it off. And I keep going. So wow. there's your pony. There's there your it pony. is. Well, I mean, thank you for sharing, man. Wow. Well, Dave, first of all, you're welcome back anytime. We'll have you back on and talk about all sorts oh, yeah. of other stuff. As, <laughs> as, you know, and we'll follow. We're going to follow you along as as your career develops and as this uh, Jenny's. As Jenny's Jenny's Wasteer and Pure Extracts. Yeah. Yeah, man. We're not sponsored nice. by them, but you know, we're always looking. So yet. <laughs> Yet, yeah, yet. yeah, we, we, will, can, uh, we can make a plug. We can make I, a plug for the plug. I know, I know a guy plug. that's really good at campaign and, and 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 raising money for things and projects. So I'll I'll ask him how he did it. And guys, we'll apply congratulations that on what you built. It's been a pleasure. I, I really uh, thank, thank you, you for inviting me. Um, it's what you built is really cool. It's an entrepreneurial venture. Uh, you're Thanks. genuine. You're authentic, and you guys are succeeding because of it. Thank you, man. That means a lot. Very much appreciated. Feel. And I'm yeah, happy to sp sponsor, support. I'm in. I'm an easy All one. right. We've got we'll one. Be, we've got, we'll be that's a pony. All right, guys. we got a buyer on the line. Right? Um, Where yeah, do I sign? Cl cl <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be in touch. 
closing okay. thoughts. Um, yeah, closing thoughts. Just say thank you so much for for your time and for for sharing with us. We know you're busy uh, running all you know, with all your projects, and so this is really cool. Um, we'll have this up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so you can you know share as you want or whatever. Keep it as you know for yourself and listen to it as much as you want. But this has been a this was one of the benchmarks that we were like, hey, someday we're gonna have Dave Rosen on the podcast because he's a legend. Like, yeah. If there was Matt Rushmore, you'd be on it, you know. And so that's uh, it's it's been an honor to have you on and. Uh, Look forward to staying in touch and, and just kind of following along and seeing where, where everything takes you. It's been, it's been awesome to have you. Thanks very oh, much. Yeah? I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, man. And with that, Likewise. we'll just wrap it up. Uh, we've been with Dave Rosen. Uh, my name is Andres Gamboa Barrera. I'm your host and my co-host Nick Tiverti is with me. We'll see you guys next time. See and after. we'll be starting up season two here pretty soon. We'll get yeah. some guests in the pipeline and we'll let everybody know through our Facebook page and everywhere else. So that's right. Season Until one then. comes to an end. Thanks. What All a fantastic right. episode. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Bye-bye. Peace. Peace.